0: Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 937 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. 402 464 5685, the number if you want to get involved on the sarder Heyman text line, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. Thanks for checking us out here at 937 The Ticket. Obviously on your radio dial, but also on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. And Twitch. Drop us a like, follow, turn notifications on for when we start our broadcast, everything like that. Doesn't cost you anything, helps us a lot. We greatly appreciate it. Two big wins for Husker Hoops programs last night. Strict. The women, 71 64 over Purdue. The men, 63 60 over Ohio State. Let's start with the good. I think there are a lot of young guys that stepped up. Denim Dawson had two crazy athletic finishes. Jamarcus Lawrence hits a couple threes. Ole Koyenitz hits a bucket in that stretch. And we saw some good minutes from Wilhelm Breidenbach. I don't want to say those guys are, you know, core players. Gotta have them, gotta keep them around guys. But they're definitely going to be pieces of the program moving forward. And as we look at the rest of the season, those are guys you want to continue to see at least flashes, if not consistent performance like that from.
1: Well, Austin, we can look at this from multiple standpoints, and you're you're right in the in the in the take that you have on it. Is that are they mainstays of, of it? No, they're significant pieces of the program right now. I think Lawrence has um potential to break out because of his ability mm-hmm. to create his own shot in space. It's, it's a confidence thing for him. You got Derek Walker. Obviously, Greasel is is a solid mainstay. Bandamil is that, but he's struggling immensely. He's in his head so so far right now. I think he's just got to have just one of those breakout games. Mm -hmm. But that's why I'm saying he's got to take those easy opportunities. One, he's not getting to the free throw line to do as Sensibaugh did, to have a bucket go in where your stroke, you feel a little bit different about your stroke. He needs to take those easy opportunities. Get in the fast break. Get in transition. Do what Tamanaga did in one instance where Tamanaga got the ball on an outlet. He pushed, he hit the guy with an in and out move, Mm -hmm. got to the rim, boom, finished with the foul. That's the type of stuff I think, you know, Banda can, can, can have success in. But the second part of that is this, they're going to have, they've gotten an opportunity to see these young players and to allow the coaching staff to gain more trust in them which then can help to expand their minutes, can alleviate some of that time to allow some of those guys to have time to rest and feel confident that you're not going to have this super drop-off because the lineup you had out there at one point was Kolonix, Tamanaga, uh, I think Abandon Mill, Breidenbach, and, and Lawrence. So at, at the one at the U-8, after the the U-8 timeout in
0: the second half, I went back and watched this because I remember them pointing it out on the broadcast. It was Bandamel, Tomanaga, Lawrence, Dawson, Koyenitz. Mm. That's the line That's up, at the U-8 timeout of a
1: one-and-a-half possession game. Yeah, and they were productive. Mm-hmm. And I think they even got them a little bit of a lead mm-hmm. during that period. Great defense. They did the job. They didn't let nothing. There was no 8-0, <laughs> 10-0 crazy runs that usually sometimes can happen in those situations. So it was good. It was good for them to be able to have that experience.
0: Right. The scoring drought at the end of the first half wasn't good, but you still go down uh, only one at the half. Coming out of the half, Ohio State uh, gets its lead up to five points at 34 to 29. And then big sense of the moment. Other Nebraska teams, I think, unravel a little bit in that situation. Uh, They they get on that scoring drought, but you get back-to-back threes from uh, Jamarcus Lawrence, spotted up, looked good. And then Sam Griesel had Zed Key on an island. He decided to take the step back three. He knocks it down. To me, that that really settled the team down. Again, other teams, I think, go into a scoring drought there. But props to one of the oldest guys on the roster and then one of the younger guys on the roster for taking the play that was available to them in that moment
1: and actually converting on it. I, that, that sequence, to me, was huge. It was, it was very huge. And one of the things that they've got to... If they want to win some of these close games, they've got probably more open looks than I've seen in a while for Nebraska. They've got to knock those down. You've got, yeah. you, you, you've got to, you're not a team that gets that regularly. So you've mm-hmm. got to knock that down. You've got to, you know, it's the same thing Nick said in, in the, in on the water cooler, Um not water cooler on the uh, happy, happy hour. hour. Um You know, he talked about that the, the, the areas that have to be continuous for them is rebounding free throw shooting. And then, um, there was one other point he made, but those are the two. You you you've got you you get to that free throw line because you don't get there very often anyway. You've got to be a a pretty good free throw shooting team because it can make up and make the difference in in whether or not you win or lose games. Yep. Nebraska. I mean, because they missed. Tominaga missed one. Wilcher. With, I mean, it could have it could have been ugly. They could have you know basically killed the game, but you know they made it interesting by by not hitting those free throws.
0: You mentioned those free throws. I mean, Tominaga. That's his first miss of the year which is kind of crazy to think about. He was 23-23 before that miss, came at a bad time. Wilshire, I think everyone in the building knew it was one out of two. CJ's a 60% shooter this year, which is weird given his track record. I feel like he should be a better free throw shooter than that. Greasel and Bandamel hit theirs late, but Greasel left three on the, on the table in the first half, uh, gets fouled, doesn't mm-hmm. convert two, and yep. then gets an and one, doesn't convert it. Their point's right there. Uh, to, to your point on the open shots, and this will lead us into a little bit more on C.J. Wilshire and Casey Tomanaga. Nebraska 6-21 of 21 on threes. Bandebel missed all of his. One of them was in and out. Wilshire hits one. Should have had another, but his foot was on the line. Uh, so I, I'm going to credit him with one and a half made threes, even though he only reflects one in the box score. Um, but on the text line, Byron says, uh, Greasel should shoot more, love Dawson, and Lawrence needs to take half of Wilshire's minutes. C.J. Wilshire to the bench is not a move I predicted, but I think that could be good. Where Nebraska has a little more offense in that starting lineup, a little more creativity with Tomonaga, it lets C.J. Wilshire take a deep breath. You know he can play extended minutes off the bench if K.S. picks up a couple stupid fouls early. And again, just that mental deep breath. I think that's a win-win all around. Your take on uh, Wilshire going to the bench for now.
1: Um. I actually think it's good because there's there's multiple things I talked about on the uh, postgame show last night with regards to Wilcher. The thing about the thing about Wilcher is he's a specialist when you're a specialist, what you do and do well, you need to be elite in it because he's not a defensive. He's not going to be a defensive stopper. He's not uh, Dennis Rodman and he's not going to get you all these rebounds. He's not. Uh, A a Kyrie Irving, where he's going to be able to break down the defense and get you get to whatever he wants to and find guys. He's not a high assist guy because he's just, he's not able to do that. So he doesn't do anything but shoot the ball well. So you have to, when opportunities are given to you, you need to be knocking them things down, period. So Mm -hmm. that's why him going to the bench, like you said, having him to kind of woosah, cool off, get a little, you know, watch of the game, kind of let the game just relax and come to him, not be stressed about it. Um, That, that should happen. I agree. I think Lawrence is earning. I'm not saying it should be given. I'm thinking he's earning. Mm -hmm. He's starting to play at a level that he's earning more minutes. So I would also say that Scott on the text line on the Sutterham text line says strict. What was, the percentage of free throws for you guys, uh, as a team, when you played, we were in the seventies as a team. I was an 80% free throw shooter. Jeron was an 80% free throw shooter. Pike was a, uh, dang near close to 90. Uh, Mikey was low seventies. Um, and most of the guys were that we didn't have anybody, Bernard Gardner was pretty good. He wasn't, um, in the upper 70s, but he was in the either upper 90, uh, 60s or uh, 70s. So, yeah, we were actually a pretty good free throw shoot. We shot over 70s, you know, in the mid-70s, maybe 74, 75%. Yeah. And tell me if my,
0: my math is wrong, my percentages, rough, but I always think that if you're a big man, you should probably be in that no lower than 65% to 70% range, especially after a few yeah. years on campus. Elite is 90% plus. They're free for yeah. a reason. But if you're at, at 90, that's you're an elite free throw shooter. I want my guards no lower than 75%. To me, 75% mm-hmm. is a mediocre free throw shooting guard. Mm-hmm. I want my guards up in like the 80-85 range, if at all possible. Because mm-hmm. especially if they're guys that get downhill or play out of the post like Sam Griesel and you have all those opportunities, you can't be leaving 5-7 points per game at the line just because
1: you miss your free throws. Austin, I tell I tell younger players all the time. I say, you guys make it too tough. You you he, there's an easy way to average 18, 15, 20 points a game. Easy way. Mm-hmm. If you're like you said a down here player, you work your butt off, you get to the free throw line 6 to 8 times and if you're at 80%, that's easy six right there. Mm-hmm. If you just shoot 10 times and you're 45 to 50%, there's another um uh like 10 Points mm-hmm. or so, and you hit you shoot five threes and you shoot 35%. You're at 20 points right there. It, like it's that. really easy math to it, but everybody makes it so hard. If you're if you just really focus on certain areas of your game, you can be an easy mid-14, put yourself in draft stock position, and and hopefully have a career after you're done playing college ball.
0: Absolutely. And thankfully last night it wasn't just Nebraska missing free throws. Nebraska ends oh, the yeah. game shooting eleven of seventeen, which isn't isn't great. Bailed out a little bit by Ohio State, going fifteen of twenty three at the line. And the biggest misses to me came from Sean McNeil after that Fred Hoyberg technical.
1: Facts. You know They're technical
0: ball mm-hmm. don't lie. A couple questionable fouls and I think that I I want to believe that every player on that team understands that their head coach in Fred Hoiberg has their back. They know his personality. Mm -hmm. They're with him every day. But we've also seen Fred get a little animated, but never get a technical before last night. Is there something strict that even if you know what Fred Hoiberg is like as a coach, you know he has your back, is there something galvanizing about seeing him actually get teed up? You know, to say, hey, this is an actual representation on the court. He's willing to take a technical foul and give them two points for us. Is that, does that resonate as a player?
1: I think so. I think so. Especially when, when you hear it from the announcers say that, you know, Fred's usually a mild mannered guy, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So when you feel that you're getting a job done to you to be able to step up and, and challenge that in a way, and I think it was, it was warranted. I think it was warranted in the way that he challenged that. Uh, Because you weren't getting that same look on the other end, and so yeah, you got to fight for it. If you're you're at home, you're fighting for your life, you're fighting for your career, you're fighting for your team, you're fighting for your record. Your 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 home record is now solid, you know. So shoot, you're seven and two at home. So
0: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) you know, could have been uh, eight and one, you know. But at the end of the day, you've got to fight for that stuff, and it, it ultimately paid off because the team seemed to be energized by it. It
0: sure did. So 12 games remaining in the regular season before we get to the Big Ten tournament. That's something we'll get into to start our two of the show, Strick, is is this the one? You know, can this be the one that propels Nebraska forward? Can they build on it? We haven't seen that this year. But again, we'll get into that as we get into the three o'clock hour. Also at the uh, bottom of the three o'clock hour, we will have Andrew Alex, 24-7 sports. He'll talk some NFL playoffs, maybe sneak in some ACC hoops questions in there as well. But coming up next, we're playing the game. The champ left the building. Eric Strickland is still here, though. Step one on the road to bring in the champ back in Shootout with Strick comes your way after this. You want to play the game? $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. You call 402 464 5685. Big Ten men's basketball career leaders. That's the category for basketball. We'll play the game Shootout with Strick right after this.